If you brought your Bible, go with me please to the book of Psalms, Psalm 23. And if you don't have your Bible with you, we'll have it on the screen here in just a moment. We're going to read that very well-known psalm known by church and world alike. A psalm that is generally read in times of crisis. I remember President Bush reading the 23rd Psalm after 9-11, and we often read it in memorial services. But really, it's a psalm written by a warrior, bearing witness of the fact that God is our present help in all of life's troubles. And so this morning, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to read the 23rd Psalm, but we're going to read it out loud together. And as we read it, I want you just to read out loud with me these words which are so uh, well known by all of us and which have comforted our hearts in times past. The Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me. All the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father God, we thank you for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you today that you have drawn us to this place to hear from your heart. And I ask that you would anoint my lips of clay to express the words of your heart to our heart. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. No doubt we have all heard countless sermons on this, uh, this uh, 23rd Psalm. And so this morning, I am going to share with you a little bit different perspective of the psalm as we study together the names of the Lord which are revealed in the 23rd Psalm. In the Bible, God reveals to us His name. And he reveals several of his names, each of them giving us a different insight into the nature and character of God. It was an Old Covenant and Old Testament custom that a name was intended to represent the type of person that the name bearer would be. And uh, for instance, the name Jacob, uh, meaning a surplanter, became the name given to uh, the patriarch Jacob as a result of an incident that occurred at his birth. And he would later have his name changed to Israel, meaning prince with God. The name Abram uh, was later changed to Abraham, meaning the father of many nations. And we see in those two examples that God makes much of names. And so when he reveals his names to us, he is revealing something about himself. The first and the highest name of God, which is revealed in the Bible, is found in the book of Exodus, and it is the name Yahweh, which is spelled 
in the uh, Hebrew original simply by four letters, Y-H-W-H. Those letters today we believe would pronounce the name Yahweh or uh, in some renderings, Jehovah. And this name is a verb in the Old Testament Hebrew which means to be. Simply God is telling us that He is. That He is the God who is. He said to, to Moses, I am who I am. And then as we read and study the Old Testament, we discover that God adds other words to His name to reveal what He is. And so there are in the 23rd Psalm seven names of God revealed uh, or expressed in the revelation of this psalm which I think are important for us at any season of life. But in particular, in this season which our world is going through. I don't think you have to search too far or too wide to see that our world is in great need. From the far regions of the world and the nations and the chaos that we are seeing playing out on our television screens. To the crisis of health at home and the uh, individual and personal uh, crisis that are being experienced by our families and our friends throughout this season of our life. It is important to know who God is. It is important to know who He is that we might take refuge in Him. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. And so as you come to know the names of God, you come to discover His character when you find yourself in the various troubles that life may often throw at you, you are able to take refuge in the power of His name. A name uh, does two things. First of all, it causes us to be distinct or unique. It sets us apart from the rest. And so when God reveals to us the name Yahweh, He's letting us know, I am set apart from the rest. No one else bears that name because no one else just is. All of us have a beginning and an end, but God just is. All of us have a, a start point, and we all have influences upon our life, uh, and influences that brought our life into existence, but God just is. The second purpose of a name is not only to set us apart, but it is also to describe who God is to us and often to describe who we are to the world. And so God has described himself and he's given us his name that we might take refuge in him. The Bible says that when we run to the name of the Lord, we are saved. We are uh, in a place of security, a place of safety. You might say, saved from what, preacher? Well, you're saved from the assault of the enemy. You're saved from the power of sin. You're saved from the world and the culture that is uh, wicked and surrounding our world. You are saved from the wrath that is to come, the wrath that awaits those who walk in disobedience. You are saved even from the power of the greatest enemy of man, which is death. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run into it and they are saved. How many of you at some point in your life have found the name of the Lord to be a strong tower? Shout amen if that's true. 
Have you called upon the name of the Lord today? Have you called upon Him in the day of trouble? Have you called upon Him in the day of anxiety and fear and worry when the world is, called, uh, is falling in on you and it seems like there's no way out? The Bible tells us there is a name which we can call. The name above every name. And that name has power over every power of darkness, over every principality, over sin and sickness and death itself. And as the psalmist writes to us, this psalm reveals to us seven of these names. And I want to mention them this morning as we go through the psalm. The first one is found there in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. This is the Hebrew name Yahweh Rohi. The Lord my shepherd. God identifies himself to us. And he identifies himself to you this morning. And he says I am your shepherd. God wants a personal relationship with you. And he wants you to know him personally as your shepherd. What is a shepherd? Well, in the ancient world, and even to this day, shepherds are responsible for tending the flock. They keep the flock out of trouble. They keep the flock well fed and well protected. And the Bible reveals God to us as a shepherd. In the Old Testament, the shepherd was uh, the lowest part of the rungs of society. Someone on the outside, on the fringes. And yet God is not too great or too proud to let himself be known by us as a God who is near. A God who is our constant companion and guide as he leads the flock into eternal life. The shepherd had a responsibility for the sheep. And Jesus said when he was speaking about the shepherd, he said there are some shepherds that are hirelings. They simply are shepherds for pay. But when trouble shows up, when trials come, when there's testing, when there's a wolf seeking to destroy the life of the sheep, the shepherd who's a hireling, he runs away. He runs for his life. He says, they don't pay me enough to die uh, for these sheep. But Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I want you to know this this morning. Our shepherd, when he saw trouble and he saw sin and darkness, when he saw the devil making a mess of things in this world, he didn't run away from us. Rather, he ran to us. He ran to the cross and he laid down his life that you might be saved, that you might be delivered, and that you might have a, a Savior in him. This is our shepherd who laid down his life for us. Jesus said, I am the door, and he that enters through me shall live. He was speaking of the old, uh, the old way of the shepherds when they would take their sheep at night into a cave or into a refuge. And they would, they would uh, bring the sheep in and then they would lay at the, at, the, at the gate or they would lay at the entrance of the cave. And in order to get to the sheep, that wolf or that predator first had to cross the shepherd. I want to tell you today that God is your shepherd, and he is the door of salvation. He is the door to life. And in order for the enemy to touch your soul, he has to get over the shepherd first. But let me tell you something. Our shepherd knows how to defend his flock and how to defend his sheep. He is the mighty shepherd, and he has arisen to defend you in the hour of trouble. Somebody shout amen if you believe that this morning. He is our shepherd. That means he is our guide. 
Jesus said in John chapter 16 and verse 13, However, he, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. This shepherd of your soul is guiding you. He's leading you into all truth. He wants your life to be a success, not a failure. He wants your life to be a blessing, not a curse. He wants your life to be the head and not the tail. He wants your life to go above and not beneath. He wants your life to end in heaven and not in hell. And so he is your guide today. And he's guiding you in the path that is leading to life. And if you will listen to his voice, if you will listen to the voice of the shepherd, he'll lead you to life. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another they will not follow. And so this morning, if you're a part of the family of God, if you've received Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you can hear the shepherd's voice. And you can be led by his voice, and his voice will lead you to life. The second name of God which is revealed in Psalm 23 is found in that same verse. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does it mean to want? Literally, it means to lack. To do without. To not have the things that you need. It is the, the plan of God that the believer should have everything that they need. He said, I shall not want. This is not only a promise, but it's a revelation that you and I need to capture and walk in every day of our life. The name of God that is revealed here is Jehovah Jireh. And that name means God will provide. Let's say that out loud together. God will provide. The Bible tells us about Abraham. God called Abraham to offer up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. And Abraham obeyed God. And as they were walking up to that mountain of sacrifice, Isaac looked around and he said, Father, we have the wood and we have the, the fire. But where is the lamb, where is the sacrifice? And Abraham responded, Jehovah Jireh, or Yahweh Jireh, God will provide. He said, son, God will provide for himself a lamb. That day, uh, God provided a substitute for Isaac. He provided a ram caught in the thicket. And this day, you and I also have a provision. What has God provided? He has provided the Lord Jesus Christ as the all-sufficient Savior of the believer. And if you know Jesus, then you can say this with assurance, I shall not want. The sacrifice of Christ is the all-sufficient sacrifice of sin and the all-sufficient sacrifice for the believer. There is nothing you can need that Christ has not already provided. The Apostle Paul said, if God did not withhold his own son, but gave him over to the cross, how much more will he not with him freely give us all things? What has God provided in Christ? God has provided all things. He's provided salvation for your soul. Healing for your body. Prosperity for your needs. Blessing for your family. He has provided protection in the day of trouble. Come on somebody. I shall not want. That is a revelation of God's divine abundance. Now here's what I want you to understand. If you know that and you can say that this morning. And you can say I shall not want. Say amen. 
Now you say, Pastor, I can't say amen. I don't know that. Then I want you to do something this morning. I want you to ask God to give you a revelation of the abundance which has been provided for you in Christ. I promise you, if you will ask God to do that in your life, He will reveal to you His abundance. He will reveal to you that everything you need has already been supplied in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, as many as are the promises of God, they are yes and amen to the believer. That means that all that Christ provided already has a yes from God and an amen from God. You and I just have to receive it from the promises of God and we receive it by faith. Let's say it together. I shall not want. Then the psalmist says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Here we speak, we see the revelation of God as Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. Let's say that together. The Lord is my peace. Have you ever been in a storm? Have you ever been surrounded by trouble? Have you ever felt like life was crashing in on you? I've got good news for you this morning. God is your peace. Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace. Now that word shalom has two meanings. First of all, it means peace uh, as we understand it today. Being the absence of conflict or the ability to be in, in, in a, a state of calm even in the midst of trials. But there's another meaning to the word and that is to be whole. It means that God not only gives you peace but he also gives you wholeness. That's what it means to have the shalom of God. To have the completeness of God. And so the psalmist said, he leads me to quiet waters. He leads me to green pastures. He leads me to the place of peace. The Bible speaks of this peace in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23. The Bible says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely or make you whole. God is a God of peace. And you will know his presence because the presence of God always brings peace. When you are in the midst of a trial in your life, the first thing you need to do is ask God to show up. Because when God shows up, He will bring peace into the storms of your life. And you will know that He is present. And when His presence is available to you, even the most terrifying of moments can be faced by the believer because you know I am complete in Christ and I have the peace of God which surpasses all knowledge. How do you receive that peace? How do you receive that peace that surpasses knowledge? The Bible says make your request known to God. That means pray. When you begin to pray, you begin to talk to God. You invite His presence into your situation. The peace of God comes to reign and rule in that place. And I believe this morning there are some hearts turned upside down. And God wants to fill your life with his peace. He wants to complete your life and make you whole this morning. That you might know the peace of God which calms the storms. For it is the voice of God that says peace, be still. And brings even the, the roughest of waves to a stillness. And that voice is speaking to your heart this morning. And God is saying to you, I care for you. I love you. I am with you. I am not going to leave you. I am beside you and I am bringing peace into your life. Receive that by faith. Receive his presence into your life and into your heart this morning. 
The psalmist says, he restores my soul. This, restore, this reveals to us the fourth name of God, Jehovah Rapha, God, my healer. Did you know that God is a healer? God revealed himself to the nation of Israel as Jehovah Rapha. And he said, I am the Lord, your healer. Say that out loud with me this morning. The Lord is my healer. Now we believe in doctors. And we believe in medicine. We believe they have their place. But I want you to understand something. Every positive benefit that a doctor can provide. And every positive benefit that medicine can provide. Flows from God the healer. He is the source of all health and all healing. Say amen somebody. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. Listen, there are some problems that doctors can solve. But there are some problems that no doctor can solve. And when you come up against one of those problems, don't give up and don't quit. Call on God, the healer. He is the one who has the last word for your life. Come on, somebody. You've got to get excited this morning because you and I have at a beck and call the very power and resources of heaven because Jesus Christ, our healer, is available to us. And Jehovah Rapha is present to heal. The Bible said that Jesus came into the house and the presence of God was there to heal. And I believe this morning that the presence of God is here to heal you and to restore you and to make you whole. Now not only is he a healer of the body, but the psalmist says he restores my soul. God not only heals the body, this external tent in which our spirit dwells, but God is also the healer of the inner man. There are people in this room this morning and some listening online who've been through so much trauma and abuse in their life that they might as well have quit and given up. And they probably would have, but they found the restorer of the soul. They've been through enough trouble to have given up on life, but they're standing today in the house of God in their right mind, with peace in their soul, with confidence toward God, because they found the restorer of the soul. Come on, somebody. If that's you, shout amen. He restores my soul. David, we know him to have been a wounded son. David's father rejected him in, in several nuances that we read in the Old Testament. And David really had three father figures in his life. One of them well, of course, was Jesse, who didn't even invite him to the party when the prophet came to visit. And then the second father figure in, in David's life was Saul, who later, the, Saul being the king of Israel, later tried to pin David to a, a wall with a spear, tried to kill him. And that'll damage a boy if you uh, don't think it will. And then David's third father figure was Samuel. And right at the moment when David needed him the most, Samuel died. And so David went through the wounding that happens to a son when he's rejected and hurt and, and bruised and abused by life. When he writes this psalm, he writes with this assurance, he restores my soul. I believe David wrote that because he came to know God the Father. The Father who's never late, who never rejects, who's never tardy, who never sends you away, who never forgets about you. Come on, he is the restorer of the soul. And this morning, he wants to restore your soul. He wants you to know him as your father. And he wants you to know him as your healer. 
Then the psalmist writes, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Here we find the fifth name of God revealed in the psalm. That is Yahweh Sidkenu. That is the Lord is my righteousness. Let's say that together. The Lord is my righteousness. Do you know the Bible says that without holiness, no man will see God. In order to go to heaven, you must be righteous. In order to receive the favor of God, you must be righteous. I didn't make the rules. I'm just telling you what God requires. God is a righteous God. And He requires righteousness of those who approach Him. The Bible says that God is holy. And those who draw near to Him must be holy. You say, preacher, how is that possible? I'll tell you, friend, frankly, it's impossible except for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. None who seeks God. There's none who has in his own heart an internal, uh, an internal compass toward righteousness. All have sinned and all have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us condemned by sin to eternal judgment. But friends, Jesus Christ came and he lived on the earth for 30 years. And then he began his public ministry. And at the age of 33, he gave up his life. At the prime of life, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was a sinless and perfect man. Yet he died as a sinner. He was the most righteous man who ever walked on the face of the earth. And yet he walked and yet he died as an unrighteous man. Because he became sin for us. The apostle Paul writes... And he says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus died in your place. He took your sin. He took my sin. He took our, our separation from God. He suffered its penalty and punishment on the cross. And then he rose again from the dead. And he's been he's ascended into heaven. And he intercedes for you this morning. And he, being the righteous one, now imparts righteousness to you by faith. If you will come to Christ and give Jesus Christ your life, if you'll ask him to forgive you of your sins, he will wash away your sins and he'll make you righteous before God the Father so that no one will ever be able to accuse you again. Come on, somebody. This is not some, some cheap headline that I wrote just because I had nothing else to tell you. This is the hottest headline that's ever been written. The sinner can be forgiven because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on. He is our righteousness. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If you would be righteous, if you would be right with God, come to Christ. Say yes to Christ this morning. Don't put him off another day. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. There is a Savior in Jesus. And he can make you righteous and upstanding before God. The Bible says, come, let us reason together. Though your sin be as scarlet, it shall be white as snow. Though it be red like crimson, it shall be white as wool. God says if you'll bring me your sin and your sorrow and your brokenness, if you bring me your shame and if you'll bring me your, your, uh, your life, I will take and I will cleanse it 
and I will make it whiter than snow. And I will present it before God the Father as righteous. Aren't you glad you're saved this morning? Come on, if you're saved and you know it, shout amen. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here we read the sixth name of God revealed in this psalm that is Jehovah Shammah. This name name means the Lord is there. Say that out loud with me. The Lord is there. Do you know this morning that God is present? He is available. He is the God who is there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says the following. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. This is God's covenant promise to the believer. He says to you, I will be there. When your life is a highlight, when you're dedicating a baby at the altar, or you're making a covenant commitment to your spouse in the church house, I'll be there. When you receive that new job, and you're getting good news about that promotion, I'll be there. When when your husband and your wife Or your wife comes and tells you that they have received some kind of blessing. I'll be there. When your children come and tell you that they have got into college. Or that they've graduated with honors. I'll be there. But guess what God says to you this morning. When you're going through the darkest valley of your life. When you don't know what to do next. I'll be there. When the doctor's given you a negative report and it seems like there's no way out, I'll be there. When the lawyers have run out of options and the judge seems to be breathing down your neck, I'll be there. When it seems like life has just no reason for living and you think you've lost all hope and all light, God says, I will be there. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for the Lord my God is with me. Come on, somebody. He is My rod, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Oh, the abiding presence of God. Such an assurance. Such a comfort to our heart and to our life. There are today, in this current environment in which we live, people who are in hospitals or nursing homes or rehab centers who can't see their family. Maybe you have some of them in your family right now. Separated because of this pandemic. But I want you to have this assurance this morning. The Lord is there. I said the Lord is there. He said I will never leave you. Nor will I ever forsake you. God does not run away. He does not hide. He does not fear trouble. When all else have forsaken When all of your friends have said, this is as far as I go. When people have forsaken you, you can look up and know God the Father is with you. And he will never leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. That's his promise. And his promise, he will not break to you. And finally, he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Here we see the seventh name of God. Revealed in this psalm. That is Yahweh Nisi. The Lord my banner. This is an interesting phrase. The Lord my banner. It's a warfare statement. In the ancient world when armies went out to fight. 
the army would carry the insignia or the flag of their particular regiment. And you always knew where the generals were because their flags or their banners were flying. Our, uh, our militaries today still have insignia in the same way, except most often it's painted on their equipment. This morning I want you to know the great encouragement that was brought to the ancient armies. When in the midst of the heat of battle, they looked up and it's uh, on the horizon they saw the banner of their king. And that was letting them know the king had come out to fight with them. That the king had come out to make war alongside of them. And that is what David tells us about Yahweh. The Lord, my banner. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Where is God when you're in the fight? In the midst of the battle. In the midst of the raging war. Where is God when it seems like your arms have grown weary. And your faith is faint. And your legs are losing strength. God is there fighting with you and fighting for you. He is standing beside you, waging war against the enemy of your soul. The Bible says in Isaiah 59 verse 19, When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Your God is your banner. He is the present help in the day of trouble. And this morning he comes to tell you, I am fighting with you. And I am fighting for you. And friends, if God be for you, then who can be against you? Come on, let's say that together. If God be for me, then who can be against me? The Lord is your banner. He said to Israel, get ready. Get ready for battle. Suit up. Put your armor on. But you will not fight this fight. He says, I will fight for you. Now let me just ask you a question. You look at your life and you can see this mo these moments in life when you realize that was God. That was God. Have you had those moments in your life? When you realize God was fighting for me. God was with me. And friends, this morning... He's your banner. He's riding with you on the battlefield. He's not left you alone. He's not forsaken you. He's given you weapons for the fight, but he's also given you his presence. And he says, you will not go in this alone. You will not fight this alone. I'm fighting for you. I'm going to set a table in the presence of your enemies. You say, why in the world... Would God set a table in the presence of my enemies? It speaks of the fact that God reigns over even the most difficult of circumstances. That he is able to set up, contrary to all possibilities, a place of fellowship and communion with him. And that table has been provided for you. And so we have this promise as the psalm closes. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. How many days? Just Tuesdays? Just Sunday? 
Just the good days? No. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. What are you sure about this morning? What are you sure about this morning? There are some people that are sure of a lot of things, but they're all negative. They speak like this. I never get ahead. I'm never going to make it. My family is always going to be broke. Every time we get ahead, something happens. And they're sure of all of the negative things in life. But the believer can be sure of something else. Say amen, somebody. The believer can be sure, I am going to make it. I am going to prosper. I am the head and not the tail. I go above and not beneath. God is with me. And if God be for me, then who can be against me? Come on, what are you sure about this morning? The psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is my prayer this morning. That God's presence will fill you with assurance. Will fill you with that assurance. That you are being chased down by the goodness of God. By the favor of God. By the mercy of God. And so you can say with confidence. I shall not want. I shall not fear. Can you say it this morning? Your shepherd cares for you. The heart of God is toward you this morning. He loves you with an everlasting love. He sent his son to die for you. He will not leave you alone or forsake you. But he'll strengthen you in the day of battle. And give you power to fight. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to invite you into this altar this morning. I know there are various needs in here. Every individual life represents something different. Something different that you need that's just as important to you as the person next to you. And their need is important to them. But I want you to know this. God is the answer for every need. God is the supply for every need. And so this morning I want to invite you into this altar to bring that need to Him. And to declare that confidence this morning. My soul has a shepherd. I will not want. I will not fear. I will not live broken. I will not live troubled and stormed by life. I will live in the goodness of God. Would you come? Come on, let's believe God this morning. Hallelujah. Your shepherd awaits you. He's leading you this morning to green pastures, to still waters, to the place of peace, to the place of refuge. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
The righteous run into it and are saved.